Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. It's first and 10 coming to you first thing in the morning with a 10 minute recap of what's going on with Alabama right now. Now, on today's episode, we got two different things going on. We got a a little bit of news that I'm going to talk about for just a couple of minutes. And then also, I've got another question. And it's like I told people, if you will ask questions and you will send them in, you know, you can do it, you know, sending them to my Twitter DMs. You can reply uh, to a tweet that I've posted or shared with a question. You can hop on the, the BCS Alabama message boards over at on3.com and you can ask your questions there any way that you want to just get your questions to me i'm also on instagram and i do a lot of you know opportunities where i'll put uh, mailbag questions you know if you got any um you know shoot them over and people will respond through uh instagram as well so a lot of different ways that you can ask questions or make comments it doesn't have to be uh you know necessarily a question but i've gotten another one of those and it's like i told you it's not just going to be those mailbag episodes um you know we're going to try to share some news and and, you know the topic of today i think it's a relevant question and i also think that there's news that's worth at least mentioning or recognizing some of the alabama players and so we're going to do both um but you can certainly do that and i will take the time whether it be on a first and 10 episode whether it be with jimmy um you know doing a preview doing a recap just whenever you have the question certainly ask and we'll find time on the podcast to get it done so first of all we're going to talk about alabama three different Alabama players getting recognized 
as you know midseason all-american players according to the associated press uh, that was released yesterday and there was a trio of you know tied standouts who were you know being recognized as such the first one of course that i don't think would surprise anybody would be will anderson jr on defense um you know obviously he's a guy who's you know been able to not only create pressure on quarterbacks he's taken on a leadership role for alabama but his impact both on and off the field for this alabama program in general is just you know I, I think it's unmatched right now um you know just he's one of the best players in the country he leads by example he's one of the hardest workers on the team so it was great to see him uh get recognized um on this midseason all-american list the other player you know skipping over to the other side of the football it's evan neal and i don't think anybody's surprised by that either this is a guy who's potentially going to be a top 10 pick uh in the upcoming nfl draft big guy strong guy tons of you know he's, he's got the length he's got the um the the mass he's got the athleticism especially the athleticism to match the size which is just wild to think about but he's got the the makeup of a future first round pick um and it's probably going to happen you know this upcoming april so uh, not surprising to see him on it and then also bryce young he was uh you know listed as well which i think to a lot of people that might be shocking maybe they thought matt corral was going to get it uh you know, the Associated Press, they're voting. They decided that Bryce Young was their top guy, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he's played, regardless of what fans have thought about him, he's played fantastic uh, through the first, you know, what is it, seven weeks of the season now. And he's, you know, being recognized nationally as a result. You know, he's completing close to 70% of his passes. He's thrown for over 2,000 yards through seven games, 24 touchdowns, only three interceptions so you know what's the the number there eight touchdowns to only one interception that's impressive uh so i just i think that bryce has done a great job uh and i think that some alabama fans a lot of the fans that were against him they're starting to come around i mean you know going against mississippi state uh you know and being able to go on the road and prove uh you know i think the team in general just looking better against mississippi state helps the views of bryce young you know he's the quarterback at the university of alabama he probably catches way more blame than he probably deserves, but he also gets probably a lot more credit than he deserves when everything's going great. And that's just, you know, kind of part of it being the quarterback of any big program or really any team in general is you get a lot of the blame and a lot of the the praise when things are going correct. So following Saturday, a lot of fans are, are back in his corner or are more in his corner than they had been in the previous weeks. And, you know, I'm glad that he's getting recognized because from a national level and people who keep up with the sport and they, they understand you know, that, that there's more than just being an elite deep ball passer. And I'm not saying that that's not a concern. I'm saying that he's doing a lot of other things extremely well at a level that's helping Alabama win football games. I don't think he's doing a lot right now. In fact, I think he's doing very little that is losing Alabama football games. But he is helping them win games with the things that he's able to do. And I think that, that was more so on display uh, against Mississippi State than, you know, some of these other weeks, uh, which is not, you know, surprising. But Anyways, we'll move on to the question that was asked, but those are the three players, Will Anderson Jr., Evan Neal, and of course Bryce Young as well. So congratulations to those guys making you know the, the AP midseason All-American list. That's fantastic. Uh, now it's about continuing to maintain and, and working towards winning another national championship. So now we're getting to the question. Shelly on Twitter asks, let's say Alabama wins out and beats Georgia. Would it be possible for Ole Miss to get in with Alabama if they go 11-1 and with the only loss being to Alabama? What do you think Alabama's chances of beating Georgia and getting in are? 
Okay, first of all, um, I have a hard time with Ole Miss. I really do. Because tell me how that's not the same situation as last year. Now, granted, what happens around the rest of college football also matters. But there was arguments to be made against Ohio State last year because they didn't play a full schedule. So even though they were undefeated, people were wondering, can you get in, you know, winning, you know, what was it, seven games um, when other teams have, have, you know, played ten. Uh, so that was one factor that was helping maybe a, a Texas A&M potentially get in. Uh, Cincinnati goes undefeated. They didn't have a key win like they do this year against a Notre Dame caliber opponent. Now, a lot of their chances of getting in is going to be dictated based off of what's going on with Notre Dame moving forward. You know, how do they perform? But, uh, you know, Cincinnati's definitely a lot more in play this year than they were last year, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, just looking strictly at the, the dynamic of the SEC, because we were in a very similar uh, situation last year. You know, you had a potentially a two-loss Florida team because people were talking about if they could – you know, beat Alabama, who knows what's going to happen um, in the SEC championship. Ended up not working out that way, but, you know, they ended up getting beat by Alabama. You had Texas A&M, who was also in the SEC West. Their only loss was a blowout loss to Alabama, the same situation as Ole Miss. And even though A&M was in the, in the conversation last year, ultimately people decided, you know, you kind of you had your shot. And, and, you know, with Ole Miss, it, it's the same situation. If that loss to Alabama wasn't so bad, then maybe you would have an argument. But defensively, I don't think that they're viewed as a, a playoff caliber team. I don't think they're viewed well enough offensively to counteract that. Um, you know, Granted, like I said, if enough things happen around the rest of college football, I could see a scenario where Ole Miss got in. I just don't think that all of that is going to happen. And you know, if Alabama beats Georgia, I think Georgia would have a much better argument uh, because their only loss at that point would be to – Alabama as well but plus they've beat some really good teams and they were in the SEC championship game and they've been viewed you know both you know from a defensive standpoint and their potential offensively there's not really any potential with Ole Miss defensively uh, as, as unfortunate as that is that's the way that they're viewed with Georgia they're viewed as a team that has a lot of offensive potential on top of having an elite defense and plus they're they're the number one team in the country right now uh, if they were going into that game undefeated against Alabama they would have been the number one team and I think from that position, uh, you would see, even though Ole Miss's loss would have come a lot earlier in the season, I think that when you try to compare uh, Ole Miss to, to Georgia, um, even though Georgia's schedule is a lot easier, I still think that Georgia would get in over them. But I don't necessarily think Georgia would get in either. It would just depend. You know, There's so many different scenarios uh, on how this can all play out. I don't think Oklahoma's losing with the way that they're starting to play. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, Cincinnati's going to be in the conversation, like I said, I'm not as confident, you know, I, I kind of was thinking to myself, well, you know, can you really move Cincinnati down two or three spots if they're currently the number two team in the country? And it's like, well, they're not the number two in, team in the country when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. And that's something that I forget, you know, when that first gets released, you know, Cincinnati could be checking in at number five or number six at that point. And then it's not moving them down when they don't lose. It's just not moving them up when they win. 
you know, um, you know, two very different ways of looking at it, but there are a lot of, you know, different situations, um, that could play out or different scenarios that could play out. And I could go over a thousand of them, uh, right now, just as far as, you know, what about Oklahoma state? You know, what about wake forest, um, being a potential ACC champion? Um, you know, what about, you know, a one loss Oregon being a PAC 12 champion, you know, if they beat Ohio state head to head and Ohio state wins the big 10, you know, but you got a, a big 10 champion in Ohio state, you have a PAC 12 champion in Oregon, but Oregon has the head to head victory. I mean, what do you do at that point? I think that you would have to go with Oregon as much as I think that Ohio state would be viewed as the better, better football team. You know, that's tough conference champion head to head victory. It doesn't get much better. Uh, you know, as far as proving that you're the better team than actually beating the team that you're actually trying to get in over, um, especially when you're Oregon and you went on the road uh, to beat Ohio State in their house. Um, I just think that that's too much of a, a lopsided argument, and at the end of the day, that would weigh too much on the committee's mind. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you could end up seeing a, a scenario where both teams end up getting in, you know, Ohio State and Oregon. Um, I mean, you know, there, there would be two conference champions, Um it's just a tough scenario. There are so many teams that are still in play. You know, what do you do with Oklahoma State? What do you do with, uh, you know, they're, they're, like I said, I mean, now I'm drawing a blank, but, you know, Cincinnati, Alabama, Georgia, you know, if Alabama loses, you know, because the, the second part of this question is, you know, what do I think about Alabama's chances of beating Georgia and getting in R? I will say this. I think if, if Alabama loses to Georgia, that all but ends their college football playoff chances. Even a two-loss Alabama, as much as, as a lot of people would still view them as one of the best teams in the country, as much as you know, we would all say that that would be a much more appealing game to watch than what we would probably get at that point, it was you know just a two-loss non-conference champion. Uh, it's never happened. If it was going to be a team that was able to still get in in those circumstances, I, I would think that Alabama would be one. But then at that point, if you're Georgia, you're undefeated, you're definitely going. Now, don't get me wrong, Ole Miss at that point would come more into the conversation, um, you know, because they would have a loss to Alabama. So the head-to-head, if you're considering a second SEC team, Alabama might seem like the logical choice. I just doubt that, you know, when you factor in that extra loss to Texas A&M, especially if Ole Miss ended up beating A&M, which they would have to do to be 11-1, and now you got a triangle situation. Um, and, and so I think that that win head to head would not play as much in that situation. Um, and Ole Miss might have a much better shot at getting in. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want Georgia to win out, you want Alabama to lose another game and you want to go undefeated and then you want chaos you know, in the rest of college football. Um, but you know, as far as Alabama's chances of beating Georgia, I think they're good. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Alabama should be a favorite or that I, I would, you know, view them as the favorite going in. But I still think they're one of the best teams in the country. I still think there are some issues with Georgia. Uh, they are fantastic defensively. And I think offensively, like I said already, I think the potential is absolutely there for them to be a very, very good offensive football team. But I do not think that they're unbeatable. Not right now. Not with what I've seen. Um, you know, the same question marks we have about Alabama's defense because they've got playmakers all over the field. Uh, but they, for whatever reason, they can't seem to always put it together. It's the same kind of questions that we have for Georgia's offense. But the two keys that we know are going to be good is going to be Georgia's defense and Alabama's offense. It's just a matter of I think Georgia's defense is viewed a lot more in that elite category of its own style of defense right now. And Alabama's offense, while it's considered one of the best in the country, I don't necessarily think it's in a category of its own. So people are naturally going to lean towards Georgia and the way they've played teams and just shutting them down defensively. 
uh, you know, that's been impressive. But I also, you know, think that a lot of that has to do with the offenses that they've played. And they haven't had really, you know, they've had one or two things they had to key in on regarding every offense they've played up to this point. And because they're so talented defensively, they were able to focus in on those two key things, completely shut it down, and the offenses weren't able to respond or have any sort of counter. Alabama, if they continue to develop their receivers and they get them to a point where you know there's plenty of options there, the tight ends are able to get back on track, which that's not a given right now. It's not a given about the receivers either. But you know, and then off uh, the offensive line, hoping that it comes together, you get the right guys in there if you need to make some changes, or the guys who are already in there continue to develop. Alabama can beat you in a lot of different ways, um, and their offense is certainly trending in the right direction, especially as Bryce continues to get more and more comfortable. So being able to take away just a couple of things uh, for Alabama and being able to shut their offense down, they might be able to attack you in, in a lot of different ways to a point where it would you know you're, you're straining Georgia's defense a lot. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean that Georgia's defense can't have success, but that's why truly elite offenses are able to prevail against truly elite defenses nine out of ten times when they go head to head because the the defense you know they're already at a disadvantage. But what helps them is when an offense is limited. You know, the, the elite defense, you know, can completely take those factors out of the game. And you got to beat them in different ways. And I think Alabama is capable of doing that. I do not think that any offense that they've played up to this point uh, has been able to. And and that includes even a Clemson. And one of their big issues offensively, they still got some talent in the backfield, but they, you know, have taken a step back with Travis Etienne being gone. They don't have that dynamic playmaker in their backfield. The quarterback play, Trevor Lawrence going to DJ Uyangalele, there's been a drop-off there. I don't think it's been as significant as it looks. I think the main issue is the offensive line. They have not been able to adequately protect the quarterback. They haven't been able to create run lanes for, for the run game to take pressure off of the quarterback. I think that everything that can go wrong with that uh, Clemson offense starts with the offensive line because they still have some playmakers in the passing game. They should not be as bad as they are offensively. But when you don't have an offensive line, it doesn't matter what you have from a talent standpoint, a quarterback or running back, uh, receiver, tight end, doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, I think that with them being so limited like they were, because Georgia was able to say this offensive line is exploitable, we'll, we're going to be able to put a ton of pressure uh, on Uwe Angalele, and it, it allowed them to control that game. Kentucky, great offense to a certain degree, but they're very limited. They're very run-oriented. And if you were able to take away their run game, both quarterback and uh, running backs, um, they got some playmakers in the passing game, and they have a good offensive line. Uh, so they should be able to be pretty decent across the board, but they just, they, in my opinion, they didn't have the ability to counterpunch like Alabama should be able to. So that's my thoughts on that. I appreciate you asking the question, Shelly. That was fun. If anybody else wants to ask a question or make a comment, certainly feel free to do so, and, and we'll certainly get an answer for you guys. But I appreciate you guys listening in to today's episode uh, of the first and 10 edition of the Bama on three show. I'll be talking to you guys soon along with Jimmy Stein. He will be joining me again tomorrow for a Tennessee preview. I'm certainly looking forward to that. And so we appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you soon. Like I said, this is Clint lamb with the Bama on three show. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.